Good morning, everyone. It is January 6th, 2024. This is episode 20, uh, sorry, 38 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. And this is a very special episode because I have my first ever guest on my podcast. And that is the very funny comedian, Chase Clay. Hello, Chase. Thank you for being here. Make sure you uh, get that up in your grill. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, this is trying to navigate this. Yeah, cool. uh, we're only comedians. It's not like we know how to use a microphone. Yeah, yeah, Am yeah, I right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Chase and I have been doing a little mini tour uh, together here. So we performed in New Mexico last night yeah. and tonight because this will air uh, Saturday morning. So we're filming it uh, Friday. But going to Colorado. Going to Colorado. So oh, hoping not to die in the snow. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the treacherous path up there. Yes. So. And uh, we've also been uh, traveling with your wife, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. She has been driving the whole time. She has. So we started in Phoenix. We drove uh, all the way to uh, New Mexico. And now we're driving all the way up to Colorado, all the way back to Phoenix. So cool that you have a supportive wife. Yeah. Yeah. She drives. She drives all the time. I mean, she likes she likes to drive. She doesn't want me to drive, of course. But like, it's nice because I just show up to places and I'm like, where am I? <laughs> you know, so she could. She could be taking you uh, anywhere. anywhere. I wouldn't know. She's like, yeah, we're here. She could, to this bowling alley. She could be taking you uh, to bury you in the woods. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would never know it. I so, know, I know. So, uh, Chase, thank you so much for being here. So I uh, I tout, <laughs> I like that word, I tout. Yeah. Um, I sort of advertise this podcast okay. as a podcast for dreamers by dreamers. I'm all about going for dreams and life, and I've just been sharing my journey. So as my first guest, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your comedy journey, what your dreams are, how that shows up for you, and just give us a little insight into the life of Chase. Um, yeah, my my, I, I love I love comedy. It is definitely a, a dream of mine um, to be able to be successful at it. Um, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I I don't know. I, I I don't even know how I got into comedy to be honest. <laughs> Like, like I'm, su I'm surprised I'm doing it half the time, but if I could be successful at it, that'd be great. I've, I've, I've had a lot, of, I have a lot of years doing it. So, um, but it, for me, it's just like a way to connect to people at the, being the most me and, 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 and creating that sort of environment where people are laughing and having a good time. And, and, and I like that aspect of it. I don't, I don't care so much about being famous with it. I just enjoy that experience with people and sharing that time with people. So I don't know if I can make a living at it. Great. You know, but, um, I think like for me, I love comedy. Um, but my relationship, like with my wife, we're talking about like that, that for me is like paramount. And so, um, comedy is more of a reflection of that. So if that's, that's the most important thing for me, but if I can make a living at comedy, that would be great. And you said, I think it's interesting, you said you don't really know how you got into it. Do you remember your first show, your first open mic, how it first happened when you got on stage and started throwing uh, jokes in a mic? Yeah, well, the, the the whole reason I got, like, I, I always made people laugh. Like, I would sit around a table and I would take ideas and people would say things and, and I would just, like, start kind of putting them together and creating something and it just happened naturally. And it happened so fast that I didn't even know what I was saying. I would see people laughing and I'm like, what did I just say? But it feels like you're just kind of like a like a conduit, and things are just kind of flowing out of you. And so I could create these situations, and people would come over, hang out with us, and they would just you could just see them. They're like, "What am I watching?" And so I'm like, "Well, maybe I can do that on stage." But I, I would have never because uh, I'm too neurotic. But 
uh, I had a, a doctor. He's like, well, you're going to have testicular cancer and that's, that's, that's going to be it. And so I was like, well, <laughs> I'm going to try comedy. Let me just do it. I'll get out there. What? If I can't have balls, might as well. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let me have them in the most, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. cause it takes a lot of, you know, to get out there. So. Well, for everybody said you don't have the balls to do comedy. You're like, well, I don't have balls at all. Yeah. Yeah. None whatsoever. <laughs> I'm a eunuch. So. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I baked this base. <laughs> I really talk like it. Yeah, no, no. It was I. I'm very fortunate, and and you know, God forbid anybody have cancer and stuff like and go through that. But like, it was it was very scary. And and he said it, and I was in the other room. He's like, he said like, there's nothing we can do. This is you know, and I'll give him the bad. Like I could hear him from the other room. So that just <laughs> that's just deeper. You, you overheard him. Yeah, yeah. Who was he talking to? The nurse? Or I something? don't know. Maybe he's on the phone talking to. Some... <laughs> I didn't want to believe this patient, bro. You should have seen his walls, man. They were huge. <laughs> They're so big. This dude's taking a mic. Wait, hold on, hold on. He's on the other room. Hold on. I'll call you back. I'll call you back. <laughs> okay, I gotta, okay, I'm going to pretend to be serious now. Okay. Uh, um, Chase, you have testicular cancer and it's not looking good for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, a, it was really terrible to overhear something like that. Oh, then you just, yeah. you believe it. Like, that's, oh, that's the truth. Yeah, what's worse, hearing something like that or overhearing oh, something like, like that? It's the worst way to get yeah. I think more doctors should do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this guy, I got to tell this guy's malignant. I got you know, <laughs> not malignant. That's malignant. Yeah, he, that's, <laughs> you son of a, could you? That's so funny. All right. O- overhearing a diagnosis from the other room from your doctor, and you're like, well, yeah. if 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 I'm going to go, I might as well go out trying to make people laugh. Huh? Uh, yeah. So I'm like, well, let me get up in front of people. There's, I have nothing to lose at this point. So I started doing comedy, and it's been a long journey. So so I love that you say, you know, if you can make a living at it, at it great, but that's not really the most important thing. And I, I think that's really important because I feel like, with this whole dreaming thing, going for dreams, I, I feel like there's sort of this pressure. It's like you either have to be Jerry Seinfeld or you're worthless. You know what I mean? If you're not famous and making $100 million, then your dreams don't matter. Right. You know? Sort of upper echelon. But there's a lot of people who do comedy who aren't known, who are making a living at it, who do fine. So there's, you know, like we were talking about, you can do like corporate work or, you know, colleges. There's there's different ways that, that people might not even know who you are, but you're you're successful. But yeah, I, I, yeah, but to even be that level, I, I, it's not as important to me, no. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's so great is that whatever your dream is, it doesn't have to look like anybody else's dream or what anybody else tells you it's supposed to be. It's, well, what's important to me? And I love that. It's like, well, what's important to me is my wife, number one. Yeah. Like that relationship. So that to me, when I'm hearing you is, well, that actually is the dream, is to have a successful relationship with my wife. And also to be able to perform comedy on my terms, you know, whatever that looks like, yeah. what you're out there doing, you know, we're having this super fun road trip. We had yeah, a great, so, so great. Um, it was at a casino in what, what's it? Me, me, Mescula. I, uh, I could not say that name. Yes. Yeah, now, now, once you said it like that, I couldn't say it. I, yeah. I, I, now I, Galero, Galero, into the mountain gods and, and people were just hanging out with us. They want to buy you shots. And this lady's like, it's my birthday, and they're taking yeah. pictures, and she's going, you know, live on her camera doing whatever, whatever, you know, uh, social media platform. But like that experience, and people are just like, you really connected, and that that is that is amazing. That's on, you know, that's that's why I like to do this. Yeah, yeah, and and I just love that, and I I think one of my main motivation for doing this podcast is to just free people from 
whatever the expectations is, whatever the pressure is, yeah. it this really is about finding joy and finding fulfillment and crafting the life that you want in the way that's important to you. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And by the way, if fame and blowing up and being the next Seinfeld or the Kevin Hart is your dream, I, I say go for that yeah. all in. But if that isn't actually where your heart is and where your fulfillment is, there's so many other ways to, I think, experience a fulfilling life, experience your dreams and have it look however you want it to look. So I, I love that you're out there. You're still pursuing comedy. Yeah. But, you know, your wife's coming on this road trip with us. Yeah. And the fact that she is involved in this and supportive and you have a relationship and you invest in that and that's important to you while still getting to do comedy, while still getting yeah. to pursue it. I think that's incredible. Yeah, I know it's huge. And I feel like I feel like without like that relationship and having that like sort of connection is when I get on stage, I feel like I have something to kind of put out there. Um and I can connect to people on a on a on a sort of more of a deeper level, I guess. But um I don't know. I I again, I yeah, I don't have to be like totally successful, but I just like those moments of sharing cuz it's growing up that's like how I connected with my family is just just creating these like fun environments so like it's actually kind of like hanging out like I'm creating a, a family for like whatever time I'm on stage you know it's like that reliving that experience and and it's awesome so you know if I can make a living at it great but... yeah and I love that and I have seen your interactions with your wife and how supportive she is how yeah. she's constantly encouraging you you know I've heard some negative I've heard some negative self. This is actually a this is a, a stealth uh, therapy session, uh, Chase. I need it. Yeah, tell me about this negative self talk. But you know, we all do it. I talk yeah. about that so much about the internal, you know, negative voice. And I, I love that your wife is going like, Chase, you're going to be fine. No, I really like when you do that joke. I like when you do that joke. And yeah, she's constantly encouraging you. And I, I think that that's great that you have that support system and that you found that that partner. Right. And. I think that there maybe is some um, hesitation for some people. Well, if I get in a relationship, it's going to tie me down. It's going to bog me down. Mm -hmm. You know, they won't support me. And it's going, well, if that's the case, it's probably not the right relationship. (laughs) No, it can be tough to to find somebody who's supportive of your dreams. And because you're uh, with comedy, you know, it's not like you can't really predict what shows you're going to do when you're going to do it. There's a lot of instability. And to have somebody be able to go along with that. And just be okay with it is 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 pretty phenomenal, and that's that's hard to find, I would imagine. Yeah. So, um, very cool. So, why don't you tell us? Maybe I'd love to hear just some of highlights of your comedy career. Were there any shows that stood out? That I mean, obviously last night's show, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. That was the, there were so much fun. The place was packed, and and people were just there for comedy, and um, you you can feel it when people are just out to have a good time and they want to laugh and it just creates this sort of synergy and 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 I've been doing this for so long that you you know you can just really capitalize off that and and that was a, that was a lot of fun and to, and to work with you and stuff and this has been yeah I I feel like that was one of one of my more favorite shows actually so so has there been any uh, dark moments of the soul chase any what am I doing should I be giving this up and every time every time every right? before the show and my wife's like you're fine get out there do great don't forget that joke you know so tell me uh in those experiences you know when you have those and it's maybe been extreme on what sort of push obviously your wife but is there anything else that motivates you what pulls you through those experiences to yeah when you're when you're thinking i just i don't 
I don't believe in giving up. I just, mm. I think I've, I write down every time I'm successful and I, I keep it because otherwise I'll just remember when I wasn't. So I, I have like a, just a list and I go through and I, I remember these experiences and, and I, I just, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a person to give up. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep trudging through like, you know, I mean, I already thought I was going to have testicular cancer <laughs> doctor in the other room. Right. So I like, guess like there's, I'm, I'm not going to give up. So I'm just going to keep going. What, what quit? Are you kidding me? No, right. just keep, just move forward. And, and the experiences like last night are worth it to have those connections. And, and you can just feel that people are like genuine. If you do bad in comedy, nobody will tell you good job. Nobody will talk to you. They right. go out of their way. They don't even pretend. But when they come up to you and they're like, you can feel the warmth and they're like really, you know, there's like a connection. That's, that's, that's because you were successful at something, you know, and you were able to have that connection with them. You know, there's a lot that goes into it outside of performing, but that last night was a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's incredibly rewarding. So, you know, that I talk about in my act about calling the suicide hotline and I bring that up in my act and, you know, I'll have people now come up to me and just say, Hey, that meant a lot to me. You know, I have a daughter or I have an uncle who's in the military or, you know, yeah, it's it's great when you get to make the heavier stuff funny and bring some light to it because a lot of people are going through stuff. Yeah. And and alchemize it so we can talk about it. We can laugh about it, but then also it opens people up to have conversations about real stuff. And so, um, yeah, I love that. And I loved, yeah. uh, your set was really great. I loved you brought some, uh, a couple on stage, which was <laughs> really, really fun. Yeah. They were a lot of fun. Um, and interacting with them just, yeah. So what would you say? Um, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about the synergy. What do you think is your main motivation for doing comedy? Is it just that connecting with the crowd? Is that what gets you on that stage every time? Yeah, I I think connected with the crowd, and then I I think the when you do have success, I I I think there's like you feel more fulfilled just in general. You can feel it. You can feel you just feel more like you've you've done something in your existence. You can feel there's a, like a sense of yeah, I don't know. I guess a fulfillment, right? Like you, you just feel like more complete as a person. And whether or not like before a show, you're like I shouldn't do this. I'm wasting my time. All this negative self. Like you you go through all that. You go through the gamut of emotions. You know, like do I d- even deserve to? You know, like it just like a lot of negative stuff, but after a show and when it's successful, you just feel more complete. I think as a person, and you feel like you've done something with your existence and you, you've, you've made people's lives somewhat more uplifted or, you know, if that's the way to say that, but like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of that. I think that's huge, you know? Love that. Love that. So can I do a little exercise with you? By the way, it's my first, my first interviewee. So I'm, I'm pulling stuff out of my arse here. So, um, so again, I, I talk a lot about going for dreams and one of the things, so when I, uh, first sort of got introduced to this idea of dreaming, it was actually, uh, there was a guy who I used to work with and his official title for a company was called dream manager, a guy named Dan Rouse, incredible guy. So he was like a glorified life coach in house, Okay, which he was incredibly influential in my life. He was very big on yeah, he, okay. when I yeah when I worked for the software company and I actually sat down with him and he really helped me. He was very influential in me moving to L.A. and and really going for my dreams. Okay, so that kind of started your comedy journey. Well, not necessarily my comedy journey, but my well, really moving to L.A. and being like, yeah. am I going to really go for this? And one of the exercises that he would do, and I would love to do this. I know we didn't, uh, uh, I didn't prepare you for this, so hopefully it's it's not a lot of pressure, but. If you could paint your ideal dream day 
So you have these dreams. You talk about being successful, making money at comedy. I would love just off the top of your head, what does that day look like? What does it feel like? What are you doing? What are you involved in? If you're, all of your comedy dreams came true. Yeah. How's that, Chase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How's that for a, dropping a bomb on you? Hell, no, that would that would be great. I, I my I think my ideal day. I I don't know. Like um, I I think maybe if I'm 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 getting up in a place that's that's comfortable uh, with my wife, and and she's she's got her business. She has her own business. She does as she found out on this trip yeah and, and and she's successful with that and then i have a, a show i'm going to where people want to see me maybe and i you know so it's a more like a well put together uh like venue and and that's and i know when the next show is coming and, and it's like a like just like a steady like um like i'm i'm doing shows continuously and i, I kind of like that's my influx of money and and financial stability and my wife is doing her thing and and we're just kind of living together and that would i, I don't know i that's kind of deep <laughs> i have to think about a lot and we have our cats and uh you know well it is i mean it, it is really fascinating because i feel like we all kind of have these dreams and wants yeah. but to really like articulate it be like what does that look like what does that feel like and i've been talking about that on previous episodes too and i wrote it down so my, mine is similar which is and I, and what's really cool is I'm sort of living it already on a minor scale, which is cool when you write it down and then you start to see it happen, which is like I wake up and I go to set and I'm filming, you know, a show or I have an audition. Right. And then that night I have a show where people are coming to see me perform. And it's so funny because I told you yesterday, it's like I had a voiceover audition, you know what I mean? And then I went, yeah, and then I went and did, did my show, Podcast. you know, podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, but yeah, and I like how you said, but then I have, you know, shows lined up and I think, I think probably for me, the next step, and I've talked about this previously is if you're not famous, right? Usually when people are going to see a comedy show, they're going for one of two reasons. Either they know the show or they know the comedian, right? Yeah. So there are shows that have built an audience for like, example, the show we did last night. It's like in of the mountain gods has a recurring comedy show that they advertise to the people who are coming to the casino and any comic, in you my, know. In my head, they were there to see us. Yeah, in, in our head, they were. Well, we were on the flyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. And that flyer <laughs> was a nice glossy finish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They went But reality is, they, it could have been, you know, it's plug and play. It could have been any comics last night and it, next week mm-hmm. it's going to be different comics, right? As opposed to, oh, Paul Green, oh, Chase Clay is going to be at this venue. I'm going to go buy a ticket to see him. And I think that that, to me, is is sort of the next step for me. Is And, and I, I heard a little bit of that in your uh, when you were just talking about your dreams, is that people know who I am and they are paying money to see me instead of I'm just going to go to this venue or this sort of recurring comedy show which has built an audience. Well, yeah, just on a basic, like, like, a, like on, like, doing comedy if they're there to see you it makes your job so much easier right it makes connecting with people easier they're not right right so well we talked a little bit about that too in terms of comedians who are really taking risks who are very unique yeah, yeah, yeah. and how and i just and we talked about what a struggle it must have been yeah for them to go through so many audiences who maybe don't get them and don't right. appreciate them however through that then they're able to build an audience and then 
um, that comic knows that anybody who buys a ticket, it's because they know who this comic is and they specifically want to see that personality and that character. Um, And I thought about that a lot too. You know, it's like, it seems every show, there seems to be like, you know, we're, we're, we're funny enough. Like we're entertaining in general, but then there will be like two or three people or maybe one person who just seems to be laughing at a whole other level. And I try to think to myself, what if this whole room was those people? Yeah. yeah. What if it was her times a hundred or him times a hundred, the people who really are getting me and understanding me as opposed to the people go like, Oh, okay. He's kind of funny, but yeah, yeah. People you're really connecting with. Yeah. Uh, if there's just a couple in the crowd, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and getting to the point to where, yeah, that those types of people are the entire audience. Yeah. Well, and and I don't know if I can ask you, but this is this is our first time working together and stuff. Um, what what got you into comedy? Oh my gosh, you want the deep side? You have a psychology degree too, right? Yeah. So we're flipping this around. Pull the little one eighty. Yeah, yeah. Where the interviewer becomes the interviewee. Yeah. Well, the deep psychological reason was trying to get my dad's attention in mm-hmm. as a kid. So um, I distinctly remember as a kid, you know, when we'd have to go to bed early or whatever, and I would be up in my room. Make you go to bed? Yeah, no, right. right. <laughs> hey, Dad, what's the deal? Wow, hey, <laughs> go in the bed. What's the deal? <laughs> Why is that going to bed? I mean, I'm in the bed. I'm not going to the bed. All right. Uh, you can. You gotta go to bed, son. Ah, well, yeah. We all. That's grouch. We all turned into nineteen thirties. Well, it's funny. My dad was a big March Brothers fans. It's funny bring that bring that up. But I remember I would be up in my room and I hear my dad, yeah. and he has a very distinct laugh. So we'd be downstairs watching comics, right. watching Saturday Night Live, which we weren't allowed to watch because it was on too late and it was whatever when I was kids and when we were kids and stuff. And so I just thought in my mind, oh, to get my dad's attention, I need to be funny. So I would start trying to learn those SNL characters and, you know, impersonate them. So I could do Hans and Franz, he'll do pop you up. And, you know, I would do all that. And the motivational speaker and, you know, all the Mike Myers, Wayne's World, all the Jim Carrey stuff. Right. Um, and then that's also when I would go to school and I was trying to figure out how I fit in socially. That's how I fit in is I would start entertaining my class. I would make jokes, yeah, yeah. you know it came from a deep rooted insecurity. It came yeah. from this. So you were good at talking to like, like kind of like not a class clown, but like somebody. Totally. Yeah. Like, right. Always. I felt really comfortable. Well, it wasn't that I felt comfortable entertaining. I was actually scared to death, but that's how I, you know, I had this anxiety and this nervousness socially ever. And I still have it even as an adult. I mean, yeah. Every time I get on stage before stage, I have yeah. this like, Oh my gosh, is this group of people going to like me? You know what I mean? I've been almost like breathing into a brown paper bag. You get <laughs> done with the show and people are like, you are a comic and they're so excited. And you're like, you don't know what oh, yeah. or I got. Oh yeah. Especially because I think I told you a little bit that, that New Year's Eve show that I did, which yeah. was probably the worst show I've ever done. So, I mean, and that, and that's the thing is every show has the potential to be abysmal. <laughs> you never know when it's... Also the potential to go great, but right. that risk is always there. Yeah, that yeah. risk is always there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you never really know. It's like, is yeah. this going to be the one that's going to fall off the cliff? And it almost never does, but every once in a while it does. And again, just last week, right. I had one f- just go off the rails. It was so mm-hmm. bad. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, as a kid, that's what I was experiencing was those nerves, but trying I... your dad over when... Yeah, and trying to win my dad over and yeah, and trying to trying to win my fourth grade class. Right. Did you get in trouble with the teacher or were you like that, like out of... I mean, 
a little bit. I mean, they would have to rein me in, but I I was I was never a bad kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. You know, I think they appreciated that I was. You know, I was outgoing. I was doing jokes. I was, I was like, doing skits. Pill and Key and Bill says the uh, uh, high pot news. I wish I was high on pot news. <laughs> I don't think I know that one. Oh yeah, you're just like anyway. the only Key and Bill I can think yeah. of is is that. Hey, hey, Ron. Where's the hey, hey, Ron at? Yeah. Nice. You mean Aaron? Okay, okay. That's how it's gonna be. Um. So yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, it was never a matter of me being rebellious. It was a matter of survival. It was a matter of me. Um, just trying to figure out how I fit in. And so that propensity for entertainment and impersonations, yeah. and it's like, I still remember being in my living room right. and I could do, I could do like entire scenes from Wayne's world. Right. Right. You know, I could do the whole Garth Foxy lady dance from Wayne's world. Yeah. And I would do that whole dance, boom, 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 right. Foxy. And I would do that like for my sister and she would just be cracking up and I would go, I remember my buddy Scott Warath, I'd be spending the night at his house and I could come in and I could do the whole motivational speaker. You know what I mean? Problem is you're not using your paper for writing. You're using it for rolling doobies. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Right. And I would, yeah. yeah. And the Jim Carrey and Ace Venturi. All righty then. So do you feel like that plays out better in, um, cause you do improv. So yeah. Like it lets you kind of do these characters and stuff. Is that? Yeah. I, I never wanted to do stand up. Stand up terrified me. Still does. I became an improv comedian. Right, I, I became an improv comedian first, yeah. and I felt right at home with improvs um, because, again, I'm I'm more character based. I like scene partners. I like interacting. Right, this car writer. I've seen quite a few. It's, it's been pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. Well, that guy shut up. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's great. I was like, you got range. Right. Well, you know. But yeah, but standing on stage and just telling jokes was mortifying to me and still is. And so I definitely use my improv and my acting as a crutch. Even your wife said, oh, you're so expressive and you do all these act outs. And that's where I'm funny is doing act outs. I've really struggled with sort of the writing and the jokes yeah. and that sort of it, which I've been trying to develop. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I started doing improv and all I wanted to do when I moved to L.A., I wasn't really moving there to be a stand up comedian. I moved there. I wanted to be a comedic actor. I wanted to be like Dwight from The Office, you know. And that never really happened to me, but I kept getting just hold or led or whatever mm -hmm. influence. You know, if you're religious, it's God. If you're not, if you're spiritual, it's right. the universe or whatever. I, I don't even want to get into all of that because I don't know what's going on. I can <laughs> barely see the edge of my nose. You're right. Maybe it's Satan. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you got to sell your soul to somebody. Yeah. Yours? <laughs> Whoever's going to get me that gig, man. All right. If it's the true and living God, if it's say, you know, I don't think I would get much for it. it you know, <laughs> I got a coupon for you, so you got to fifty percent off. You get free fries. My wife's like, "You overpaid." <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I for some reason I always end up getting pulled back into stand up, yeah. and it's where I always end up putting my main motivation. And so I just I'm just trusting that. Yeah, and I do love stand up. Right. Um, and I've been learning more and more to love the journey and the process because, you know, as I've talked a lot about, if you're not loving the process, if you're not loving the grind, if that's just miserable, then you probably got to do something else. Because what I'm learning is it's actually all process. Right. Like there isn't get to this thing and then there's no more work. It's all. Yeah. You're always kind of like figuring out and then like refining and, and so forth. But I like the the 
the enjoy the process. I have a like I do like affirmations and and I, and I one of my things is is there's no competition and this is just referring to myself and competing against being good or bad. But I says just enjoy the process. Right. And in that, that it takes that sort of like intensity out of it and just enjoy the process because you're you know you've been doing this. You've, I've had some success. I've, I've done. You know, and so I don't get into this, I got to do well, I got to do well with just competitiveness against myself, not against anybody else or anything, but I'm like, there's no competition. Just enjoy, enjoy the process. It's a journey. Both of Yeah. Really the only competition is myself. Yeah. You know, I'm not competing against anybody else other than myself yesterday, you know, and but then I stopped competing against myself. I said, I'm not oh, gonna, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy the process, you know? So I'm not like, I have to do. I have to do better or I have to do better than I did. I'm just, no, I'm just going to join the process. I know what I'm, my goal is to get better and all that, but you know, like not to be so, um, adamant and not to be so aggressive in that. So. Well, I love that. I'm so glad that you, uh, came on to be my first guest, but we're on a little, a little road trip here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everybody, this is Chase Clay, my first guest ever on the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. With a J. J. By the way, I thought your name was Jass, and I understand yeah, I, that- Nobody gets it right, but that's the a, wife's like, he doesn't get mad. I'm like, as long as you're not mad at me or trying to hit me or whatever, I'm fine. Yep. Call me whatever. Just <laughs> don't hit me. Yeah. Just don't hit me. I feel like there's something really deep under that, which we do not have time to dive into on the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. That's that's probably for the Dr. Phil uh, podcast. Yeah. Maybe you can get on that show later and we'll resolve the... Testicular cancer. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, it has been great chatting with you. Thank you to Chase. It's been a fun road trip. You bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a blast. You bet. We've had so much fun. So everybody, I hope you're out there living your dreams, uh, living your life, having a great time. We love you all so much. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Awesome. And we are out. Dude, thanks, man. That was fun. All right. Yeah, yeah.